Acts chapter 14. And our text for tonight is the verse 12. We said that our subject this evening would be a case of mistaken identity. Well, here it is in the verse 12 of Acts chapter 14. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker. Most certainly a case of mistaken identity. After Paul was converted there on the Damascus Road the Lord revealed to Ananias about the life of Paul that God told said I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake Acts 9 verse 16 and it wasn't too long before those words those prophetic words of the Lord were fulfilled <coughs> for it seemed that no matter where Paul went preaching the gospel, preaching God's word he stirred up a hornet's nest of opposition just go back to chapter 9 chapter 9 verse 23 and after that many days were fulfilled the Jews took counsel to kill him he's only converted and already they're ready to kill him and their laying away was known of Saul and they watched against day and night what to do to kill him go to chapter 13 chapter 13 and there in verse 50 but the Jews stirred up the devout and honourable women and the chief men of the city and raised persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them out of their coast chapter 14 verse 5 and when there was an assault made both of the Gentiles and also of the Jews with their rulers to use them to despitefully them despitefully and to stone them and so there was Paul and Barnabas again and the people were ready to stone him because he preached the word go on down chapter 14 to verse 19 and there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing he had been dead such was the venom of their anger and persecution against the apostles but no amount of threats of stoning or persecution or threats of slaying him or imprisoning him would stop Paul from the mission he had been given by God that was to go and preach the gospel for Paul was aware of the great truth what was that truth greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world 1st John 4 and verse 4 and as we've said before quoting some preacher who said a man's life is immortal until his work for God is done and Paul's work for God certainly was not yet done it had barely begun it was only beginning and so he would continue to preach the truth 
with great boldness no matter what opposition he faced but then his ministry in Lystra brought about a very different response certainly at least initially we read in verse 11 and when the people saw what Paul had done they lifted up their voices saying in the speech of Lyconia the gods are come down to us in the likeness of men and they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker and so at the initially far from stoning Paul or persecuting Paul they were looked upon he and Barnabas were looked upon as gods given the name Jupiter and Mercury the people there believed that Paul and Barnabas were gods were the incarnation of the gods that they worshipped a case of mistaken identity without a doubt but Paul the apostle and Barnabas made it clear that they were nothing of the kind and protested strongly against what the people of Lystra were saying about Paul and Barnabas and so let us consider this awful case of mistaken identity first of all let us look at the ministry of Paul we know Barnabas was there with him but since we're dealing with the life and ministry of Paul we'll focus on him particularly at this moment the ministry of Paul that is his ministry in Lystra and it began as his ministry began elsewhere verse 7 and there they preached the gospel didn't matter where he went Paul preached the gospel and the preaching ministry of Paul attracted people from all walks of life except on this occasion it attracted a man who could not walk whenever his family was or his background was we're told this man could not walk at all but he heard Paul preach notice then first of all he was a helpless man look at verse 8 and there sat a certain man of Lystra impotent in his feet being a cripple from his mother's womb who never had walked notice there in that verse 8 how Luke who is the author of the, uh, of the Acts of the Apostles notice how Luke emphasizes in three ways how helpless this man was there said a certain man at Lystra first of all he said impotent in his feet secondly being a cripple from his mother's womb and thirdly who never had walked Luke evidently wanted to emphasize how helpless this man was that word impotent impotent in his feet the word impotent is a word that means impossible it means impossible <coughs> So for this individual, it was impossible for this poor soul to walk. Impossible for him to help himself. Impossible for him to heal himself. This man's physical condition 
and you look at it and consider it. This man's physical condition pictures for us is a type of every man's spiritual condition. We are told that he was crippled from his mother's womb. So he was born this way just as every man and woman is born in sin shaped in iniquity born in sin born in sin or as the psalmist David has put it David said behold I was shaped in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me in other words sin was present at the moment of conception sin was present even before David was born and that's the same with every man and woman that comes into this world that is Psalm 51 verse 5 so sin is present even before man is born and every soul is like this man in Acts 14 unable to walk oh yeah he can walk physically we'll soon learn to walk physically but every man and woman born into this world it's impossible for them to walk in the ways of the Lord impossible as the word is used of this particular gentleman here in Lystra the same word can be used to describe every man and woman born into this world impossible for them to walk with God or walk in the commands of the Lord Deuteronomy 5 verse 33 walk in all the ways which the Lord your God has commanded you but for the sinner that's impossible that's right impossible Psalm 58 verse 3 the wicked are estranged from the womb the word wicked there refers to everyone to sinners the wicked are estranged from the womb they go astray as soon as they be born yes if the word impossible describes this poor soul that heard Paul preach it most certainly applies to all who are born into this world it describes their spiritual condition we have a description of this man's physical condition it typifies for his man's spiritual condition impossible for that man or woman to walk in the ways of the Lord sinful man is helpless in this world until the Lord changes that man's or woman's life so as well as the helpless, being a helpless man notice also he was a hearing man we read there in verse 7 and there they preached the gospel and there sat a certain man of Lystra impotent in his feet being crippled from his mother's womb who never had walked the same heard Paul speak he was a hearing man what was Paul preaching well we're told in verse 7 he preached the gospel so he heard the gospel he heard about Christ he heard the way of salvation and what he heard that day dramatically changed his life for hearing the message of the gospel he heard that day from the lips of Paul a message of hope a message of hope he heard about one who would give him hope 
and hope of a better life. See, Paul preached the gospel. He must have preached Christ uh, because Christ is the gospel. The gospel is Christ. Of course we know Paul would have preached Christ unto the man that day. It was a message that, uh, that would offer him help, that would offer him hope, would offer him happiness. That's what Christ is able to give and able to do. Paul tells us where that hope is found. First Timothy 1 verse 1 The Lord Jesus Christ which is our hope. That was a message that this man had not heard before. People of Lystra had not heard the gospel before. And this man was hearing the word of the gospel for the first time. A message that he had not heard before about Christ, the hope of glory. Colossians 1 verse 27. Oh how men and women today need to hear this gospel message. That that poor soul heard that day from the lips of Paul. Those men and women today, for them it is impossible for them to walk with God, impossible for them to please God, church goer or non church goer. They need to know the Lord. They need Christ who will give help to the helpless, hope to the hopeless, and happiness to the sorrowful. That's who Christ is. And that's the Christ that we offer tonight through the gospel that Paul preached. So he was a helpless man. He was a hearing man. He was hearing he heard the gospel. We see also he was a healed man. As Paul preached the gospel, the lame man caught Paul's attention. Look at verse 9. The same heard Paul speak who steadfastly beholding him, that is, Paul steadfastly beholding this poor soul and so you get the picture Paul's preaching there's a crowd of people there but he notices this one man it's as if Paul can't take his eyes off him steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had faith to be healed Paul observed him. The word means. He observed him. He saw him. So what was it that set him apart then? Why was it that Paul was focused on this man? Steadfastly beholding him. You know what I believe? I believe Paul saw the man was under conviction of sin. He saw this man and he showed signs of being under conviction. For that's what happens when the gospel is preached and the Holy Spirit applies the truth of the gospel to the heart of sinners. They come under conviction. Conviction of sin. So when a sinner is under conviction of sin, the signs will be apparent. They'll be uncomfortable sitting there in the pew. Maybe a tear will be seen to trickle down their face. Evidence of conviction. The preacher and Paul was the preacher that day 
in relation to this man Paul saw the man was under conviction of sin he steadfastly beheld him and so he stood out from others who were there Paul could see that this man was ready to receive Christ by faith and so he spoke personally to him <coughs> verse 9 the same heard Paul speak who <coughs> steadfastly beholding him and perceiving that he had failed to be healed said look at these words said with a loud voice Paul said with a loud voice stand upright on thy feet and he leaped and walked you know what that tells me that tells me Paul had confidence in the gospel that he preached he had confidence in the Christ that he preached the God that he preached it wasn't as if Paul had power in himself to heal the man God had the power working through Paul but you notice Paul cried out with a loud voice and told the man to stand up and walk and lo and behold he did Paul had confidence in God Paul didn't whisper the words and think to himself maybe this will not work if I cry out to the man in a loud voice and tell him to stand up maybe I'll not be able to do that no that wasn't the apostle Paul Paul had confidence in God Paul had confidence in the gospel that he preached in confidence in the Christ of the gospel that he preached and when he told the man stand upright on thy feet Paul knew God would do what Paul knew God was able to do and we're told that he leaped and walked he was a healed man you go over to Luke's gospel sorry Mark's gospel the chapter 2 and again this pictures for us what happens when a man is saved or born again there's a change immediately Mark chapter 2 verse 3 and they came on them bringing one sick of the palsy which was born of four verse 5 when Jesus saw their faith mark those words when Jesus saw their faith he said unto the sick of the palsy son thy sins be forgiven thee verse 9 Lord said whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy thy sins be forgiven thee or to say arise take up thy bed and walk and verse 11 I say unto thee arise take up thy bed and go thy way into thine house and immediately he rose took up the bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God glorified God that was the change that the Lord wrought in that man's life sick of the palsy he was paralyzed he couldn't walk he had to be carried to the house where the Lord was he had to be carried there but when the Lord spoke to him and said unto him arise take up thy bed and walk and lo and behold that's exactly 
what he did. Does not typify for us and picture for us the new birth. As far as this man in that house that day in Mark 2, it was a new life he had begun. He could now walk. He was now a healthy individual. And the man with Lystra, it was as if he was born again. He could now walk. And the evidence was there. And you know, whenever someone is born again, speaking spiritually, when they're saved, they're born again, they're made as we know, new creatures in Christ Jesus. And they're given a new life. A new life. New life in Christ. And that's what happened to that man that day. And you notice something that was common between the two men. The palsy that the Lord healed and the man who was healed through the ministry of Paul the Lord saw their faith and the man was healed Paul looked at this man and perceived verse 9 he had faith to be healed does not picture for us again the gospel by grace are you saved how? through faith you're saved by faith placing your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ and this man began a new life that day through the ministry of Paul and what the Lord did through Paul's ministry so there you have the ministry of Paul And these us then to consider the mistake about Paul and Barnabas of course. More often than not when Paul preached the gospel he suffered persecution in some form or another stoning imprisonment beatings but on this occasion in Lystra no, they weren't ready to stone him or imprison him or beat him. They wanted to make him a god. And rather, they acknowledged him. They believed he was a god. Verses 11 and 12. And when the people saw what Paul had done, it was what God had done through Paul. They lifted up their voices, saying in the speech of Lyconia, The gods are come down to us in the likeness of men. And they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius, because he was the chief speaker. Terrible, isn't it, when you read those words? that men would look upon others in that way think of them as being gods here we see there was a case of mistaken identity you see first of all the claim about Paul The healing of this man led the people of Lystra to conclude that Paul and Barnabas were incarnations of two of their gods. The gods have come down in the likeness of men. <coughs> the name that they gave them was Jupiter. Jupiter means the father of the gods 
begins to call Mercury or Mercurius. That means messenger of the gods. And so Barnabas was looked upon as the father of the gods. And Paul, the messenger of the gods. That was certainly a case of mistaken identity for Paul and Barnabas were nothing of the kind. They were merely sinners saved by grace and servants of the one and only true God of heaven. They didn't give the God of Barnabas and Paul the glory for what was done in the man's life. For they didn't know the Lord God Jehovah. It just simply reminds us, believer, tonight, it reminds us of what we see today in a pagan society. The unregenerate will make gods out of all kinds of things and people. They make gods out of pop stars, rock stars, they make gods out of sports stars. They make gods out of other celebrities. And there's a man over in Rome that we know he's made a god in the eyes of his followers. What blasphemy! He's called Holy Father. That's the name the Lord Jesus gave to his heavenly father. Our heavenly father. But they bowed down before him. Well you know all about it. He's just a big sinner. A blasphemer. At the same time. They shut out the God of heaven out of their lives this teaches us also that we who know the true God of heaven the God of Paul and Barnabas ought to worship him as the one true God make sure that we always do that with such paganism and heathenism in the world today we ought to be jealous for our God and worship him with all of our heart, all of our soul, and all of our mind. Because that's how he is. Lift him up in our lives. First Chronicles 16, verse 29. Give unto the Lord the glory, and do unto his name. Bring an offering, and give before him. Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name. Let's do that. Let's be a people who do that. Isaiah 45 verse 5. The Lord says, I am the Lord. And there is none else. Praise the Lord. I am the Lord and there is none else. There is no God beside me. We can add a thousand amens to that. There is no God beside me. As well as our claim about Paul. We see also their conduct before Paul. It just seems to get worse. What this pagan people did. They made Barnabas and Paul out to be gods. 
Jupiter and Mercury saying that the gods have come down in the form of man of men but it gets worse verse 12 and 13 they called Barnabas Jupiter and Paul Mercurius because he was the chief speaker then the priest of Jupiter which was before their city brought oxen and garlands onto the gates and would have done sacrifice with the people they were going to sacrifice to Paul and Barnabas what awful pagan heathen conduct what disgusting behaviour this was these were ignorant non-converted and pagan individuals who worshipped their gods turn to Psalm 115 Psalm 115 Psalm 115 verse 4 Their idols are silver and gold the work of men's hands That's what you see today You think of Roman Catholicism idols and images everywhere their idols are silver and gold the work of men's hands they have mouths but they speak not eyes have they but they see not they have ears but hear not noses they ha have they but they smell not they have hands but they handle not feet have they but they walk not neither speak they through their throat they that make them are like unto them so is everyone that trusteth in them verse 9 O Israel trust thou in the Lord he is their help and their shield dumb idols dead dumb idols doesn't matter doesn't matter that they're gold and encrusted with diamonds they're just a piece of metal that can do nothing for the worshipper all oh, poor souls that we see today bowing down before such dumb idols and offering their sacrifices to their man-made gods the only sacrifice with regard to worship that man needs to be interested in today is the sacrifice that took place at Calvary Paul said and walk in love as Christ also had loved us and had given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savour Ephesians 5 and 2 that's the sacrifice the pagan heathen sinners need to hear about the sacrifice of the cross work of Christ where the Lord Jesus laid down his life for sinners shed his blood to wash and blot out the sin of the sinner that's the sacrifice so we have seen the claim about Paul said he was a God we have seen the conduct before Paul they were going to offer sacrifices to him 
now we see the cry from Paul it wasn't a cry of approval it was a cry of protest it was evident Paul and Barnabas were not just aware of what those in Lystra were doing but when they did realize we see what their response was verse 14 and when the apostle Barnabas and Paul heard of they rent their clothes and ran in among the people crying out and saying sirs why do ye these things we also are men like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein cry from Paul cried out in protest sirs why do ye these things we also are men of like passions with you we're just the same as you we're no different we're no different the only difference is we're sinners saved by grace Peter faced the same thing you go back to Acts 10 in Acts chapter 10 and verse 25 and as Peter was coming in Cornelius met him and fell down at his feet and worshipped him but Peter took him up saying stand up I myself also am a man just what Paul said to those at Lystra told them the same thing to stand up I also am a man of like passions as you same word used to describe Elijah a man subject to like passions as we are so the only one that we fall down before and worship is the God of heaven the God of heaven the one who made us and the one who saved us and yet don't we see it today in these false religions fall down and worship men guilty hell deserving sinning men let us not think of ourselves as being anything other than sinners saved by grace all we are if we notice then the ministry of Paul the mistake about Paul no he wasn't a God that leads us finally to the message from Paul we have to admire the apostle for his boldness you like the bravery but what he said after what those from Lycone were or Lyster were, were going to do look at what he said again in verse 15 sirs why do ye these things we also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities <clears throat> it was if Paul was saying that's why we're here 
we're here to tell you to turn from such vanities turn from worshipping idols to worshipping the God of heaven but don't you admire his boldness he spoke to them about what they were doing as vanities here you have his appeal he and Barnabas could have gone along with what the people were doing with the commotion that was caused by the miracle of the healing of the man they couldn't walk but no he wanted as always to give sinners the truth and he did again the verse 15 described their idolatry as vanities the word vanities word that means worthless worthless idol worship is worthless the worship of man is worthless worthless he didn't let them go on believing that their idolatry was right no he spoke out against it he could have said in the words of Solomon vanity vanity all is vanity worthless told the people there what you're doing is worthless bring all your sacrifices lay all your goods and your money down at the feet of your man made God it's all worthless waste of time it was worthless then it's worthless today it's vanity, it was vanity then it's vanity today the worship of and the bowing down of idols and Paul made that clear listen and he didn't care who he offended He told them, this is vanity. This is worthless what you're doing. Worshipping idols. He didn't care who he offended. He wanted to give them the truth. John 8, 8 and verse 40. Saviour said, But now you seek to kill me. A man that has told you the truth. Paul and Barnabas told those at Lystra the truth. And we'll see what they were ready to do in a moment. But he told them the truth. You're wasting your time worshipping idols. It's all vanity, it's all worthless. We have his appeal. And then Paul went on to speak about the Almighty. From the people wanting to make the two brethren gods, Paul seeks to turn their attention away from idols and turn their attention to the God of heaven. In verse 15 again, saying, Sirs, why do you these things? We also are men of like passions with you and preach unto you that ye should turn from these vanities unto the living God the living God turn from these vanities turn from these worthless exercises turn to the living God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are therein turn turn to the living God was a favourite saying of the Puritans used to say turn or burn turn to the living God or burn in a lost eternity that was Paul's message turn to the living God which made heaven and earth and the sea and all things that are there in 
God in the past, Paul went on to say, God in the past had left Israel to the Northwest. And they went the Northwest. Nations to walk in the Northwest, but as always, he left himself, not, not left himself without a witness. And Paul is saying, what we're doing now, others have done in the past. They've been a witness for the God of heaven and told them about the vanities of idol worship and to turn to the God of heaven the one living true God no they didn't like the message the Paul preached it anyway because you look at verse 18 and with these sayings scarce restrained they the people that they had not done sacrifice unto them. It was hard to restrain the people. They were mad because sacrifices had not been offered to Paul and Barnabas, whom they looked upon as gods. Paul wanted no part of it. It was a case of mistaken identity. And the Lord bless his word to our hearts and bow in prayer. <coughs> oh, our dear Lord, we thank thee for the truth of thy word. Thou hast said in thy word the truth to set you free. We thank thee for the day, Lord, that we heard the truth. Preached to us, given to us, explained to us, applied to us by the Spirit of God, that we were set free. And him whom the Lord sets free is free indeed. O Lord, write this word upon hearts tonight. Here, and those, Lord, listening, elsewhere and if there's any soul without Christ and Lord they've made an idol of other things may they repent this evening and turn to the living God of heaven Lord answer prayer tonight bless us dear Lord Keep thy good hand upon us throughout this week. Again, Lord, keep us healthy and well. We might all continue to serve thee. Now in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, abide and remain with us now and forevermore. Amen. <coughs>